14. John chapter number 14. This is probably uh, probably the, the one chapter in the Bible that I love to preach out of the most or teach out of. Uh, it's probably one of the most encouraging chapters in the Bible. Uh, it is going to be a blessing. It's already been a blessing to me as I've been studying and getting ready for tonight. Uh, and I hope it's going to be a blessing to you. Uh, if there's ever been a time, I think, that our country and uh, just, just individuals in, uh, in particular, uh, is, if there's ever been a time we need some encouragement, it's right now. Uh, this world is, is getting darker by the day. And things are happening, things are taking place that will bring sadness and will bring sorrow. Uh, but I'm glad to know no matter what we see and no matter what takes place, uh, we can know that everything's going to be all right. I, I was talking to I was talking to uh, uh, one of my mentors last night, and uh, Brother Craig Edwards. Most of y'all most of y'all know him. He's just a good friend of mine and a great preacher, man of God. And and uh, I, I called him, and 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 I'd sent him a I'd sent him a picture of a of a coon dog. And usually, if I send that, it's an immediate response. I mean, I get a call right away because he loves the coon hunt and he's a blue tick guy. And I sent him a picture of a blue tick and. Didn't get no response whatsoever. So about 10.30, I called him, and he answers the phone, and I said, I said, man, I can't believe you didn't respond to that picture. And uh, he said he'd been real sick and just been, uh, he had some uh, medical issues going on, and, and he was just in a really, really bad way. And, and I said, oh, man, I said, I'm so sorry. I said, I hate that you're sick. I hate you going through all this and dealing with this. And, and he said something. He said something that, that, that this is what he said. he said. He said, son, don't worry. One day, heaven's going to fix it all. Heaven's going to fix it. I about had a fit right in the middle of the coon hunting woods I was in right there. One day, heaven's going to fix it all. You know, no matter what you see on the radio or on the TV or what you hear on the radio, there's bad news everywhere. But one day, heaven's going to fix it all. That's exactly what we're going to hear tonight. All right. It, does anybody need a lesson? Does anybody need a lesson? Brother Johnny over here has got some, uh, we get, we need some over here, brother Johnny. Let's, let's, let's get them as quick as you can. All right. Go over there up in the balcony. Everybody good in the balcony. Say amen. amen. All right. All you people on the shelf. Amen. Well, I'm glad somebody waves at me. Amen. I can see you now. I'm covering my eye. There we go. All right. Now we're all good. Everybody got a lesson. There we go. All right. Well, let's look in John chapter number 14. John chapter number 14. Uh, and <clears throat> here we go. Verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. What color is your writing? What's that mean? Jesus is speaking. All right. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, let's all read it together, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let's read it again. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for the privilege that we have to be in a free country, to be able to come to the place we so choose and to worship in the way we choose. And, Lord, I thank you that we have a house to worship in this dry in this wet weather, I'm so glad that we have the privilege of having your word in front of us. I know we don't deserve it. And I know, Lord, that, that we are, are simply at your mercy tonight. And we are undeserving of your grace, but we are sure thankful for it. I pray that you'll bless now. I pray that you'll encourage those that are hurting. Lord, there's so many hurting people, not just in our country, but right here in our local community. I pray that your perfect will be done tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> you may be seated. By way, by way of introduction, if you'll look at the top of your notes, 
Uh, if you haven't been here, if you haven't been here on Wednesday night, uh, we're, we're going through the book of John and we are in the section of John that deals with the last days of Jesus's life. Uh, he's had a triumphal entry. He's come into Jerusalem. This is the last week. He's fixing to be arrested. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be put in the ground and he's going to rise again. Say amen. Well, here we are still in the upper room. We, we spent several weeks preaching and teaching out of John 13. And John 13 was Jesus trying to uh, do last minute preparations, last minute adjustments, if you will, last minute teachings to his disciples and getting them ready and telling them what's fixing to happen. And, and he gives them news that breaks their heart. Their bubble has completely burst. They've been so excited They've been, uh, uh, they've been so looking forward to this kingdom that he has been teaching them about. They have left everything to follow this man. They have literally lived like vagabonds following their master around for three years and given up everything to follow him. And they were hoping for, they were looking forward to, they were believing in and, and, and praying for a kingdom to the point that they begin to argue who was going to be the best in the kingdom. Who was going to get the highest stature in the kingdom. Who was going to get to sit where in the kingdom. And everything was great. And everything was wonderful. And now all of a sudden, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. Here, this is, we're, we're leading up to 14. You can't appreciate 14 till you understand 13. Are y'all with me? So now here... And in, in amongst them, we've got a traitor. We've got somebody who's walked with us for three years, who's been in the, the most intimate times with us and been in the ins and the outs with us and everywhere and served with us and ministered with us, went two by two with us and all of this. And now he's a traitor. Not only do we have a traitor in our midst, but we have someone who's going to deny the Lord. He reveals that Peter who is a top dog, if you will. He's in the inner circle, Peter, James, and John. He's one of the highest ones and one that's got one of the most potential because God said unto thee, I'm going to give the keys to the kingdom. What you shall loose on earth shall be loose in heaven. What you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So we got, we got a major disciple who's going to turn his back and deny the Lord. Not only that, but he says, I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be beaten and I'm going to be murdered. And not only is the shepherd going to be smitten, but all the sheep are going to scatter. And to top it all off, to top it all off, Jesus is troubled too. In that verse, he says, look, look what it says. I've got it right here, John 13, 21. When Jesus had thus said, he was, come on everybody, he was, troubled in spirit. So one would betray him. One would deny him. He would be killed. All would abandon him. And to make matters worse, he says, I've got to go. You mean you're leaving? How, how are you leaving? You, you, can't, you can't leave. You, you can't leave. You're supposed to be setting up a kingdom. We're supposed to rule and reign with you. We're supposed to have thrones. You're supposed to restore Israel. You're supposed to get this, this Roman bondage off of our back. You, what do you mean? What do you mean you're leaving? Think about this. How many times have you been at a, at a funeral of a loved one? How many times have you been burdened because the one who was your hero the one who fed you when you were hungry. That's what Jesus did. The one who calmed you when you were scared. That's what Jesus did. The one that taught you when you were ignorant. That's what Jesus did. Are y'all with me? The one that met the needs. The one that, 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 that gave you everything. You're all. And, and now you have to put them in the ground. Now do you understand why they were so burdened? And the one... It's one thing, it's one thing to have something scare you. It's one thing to have something trouble you. Let me give you an illustration. 
if I'm in a, if I'm in a boat and, 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 and it seems a little scary or in a plane, however you want to put it, plane will work just as good, just as good. If things look bad and, and turbulence is terrible and we look scared as passengers, that's one thing. But when you look in the cockpit and he's sweating, now we got problems. Now think about this. The one who walked on the bow of a boat in a raging storm, a raging hurricane, if you will, looked and said, peace, be still. The one who looked in a demoniac's face and was eyeball to eyeball with evil, wicked demons of great power, power to the point that no human could control him or chain him. And he said, get out of him. And the demons had to flee in his presence. The one who just made one lad's lunch into thousands. And he's troubled. And they can sense it. You see, Jesus, Jesus is fixing to go to the cross. He's fixing to drink that bitter cup that's waiting on him. He's fixing to take all the sins of the world upon him. He's fixing to, there has, there has never been a time that someone was as alone as what Jesus was fixing to be. When he is hanging naked, humiliated, beaten to the point that you could not even tell he was a man on a cross and his own father turns his back on him. That's waiting on Jesus. Jesus knows this. He's omniscient. He understands this. He knows what's waiting. How terrible. How terrible is it that Jesus in his greatest time of need. Watch what, it, watch what he does though. When all of them should have been saying, what can we do for you? When all of them says, how can we support you? How can we help you? When they were falling apart, when Jesus was in his darkest moments and his darkest hours, he looks at those that he loved and said, hey, let not your heart be troubled. Watch this. Watch this. Even though he was he told you, don't be troubled. Y'all getting this? In the next few chapters that we're going to be able to study in the next few weeks, chapters, chapters 14, chapters 15, chapter 16, and then his, really his high priestly prayer for his disciples and all the believers, which includes us, is nothing but encouragement. Nothing but, hey... Everything's going to be all right. Hey, let not your heart be troubled. Let me give you some reasons not to be troubled. So I'm going to tell you this. The next few weeks are not the time to miss Wednesday night Bible study. Say amen. amen. What did he tell them? How in the world are you going to encourage people? How in the world are you, are you going to encourage people that after you've just laid this bombshell on them, this, this huge serious amount of heavy news on him. What in the world could he possibly say that would be an encouragement to them? Well, he told them three things. Y'all know it was going to be three. Say amen. There's several things, but tonight we're going to try to cover three of them. Amen? Number one, the first thing he said, he told them about a place. Write that down in your notes. He told them about a place. Let not your heart be troubled. Basically, you know, if you, if you want to study how that's phrased out, he's literally saying, stop, stop, stop. Don't go no further. Don't, don't let your emotions run any further. Stop. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Now think about this. Just that phrase, just that phrase by itself kind of reveals how seriously troubled they were. Because he's having, you know what that's basically saying? This is, this is in regular talk, how we, just how we talk. Hey, trust me. Believe what I'm saying. I'm not lying. I'm not lying. Don't you love when people go to tell you something and say, now I'm not lying. Uh, now does that mean you usually lie? 
I always want to ask that. Now, this is not a lie, but, you know, but what they're saying is that this is just so profound that you're going to think I'm lying. Jesus is saying, I am not lying. You can take what I'm telling you to the bank. You can believe what I'm saying. If you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Say it with me. I go to prepare a a place for you. Say amen right there. One day, heaven is going to fix it all. Write these things down. Let's let's see if we can finish this. It'll be a miracle of the Lord Jesus if we finish this outline, but we're going to try. Say amen. I want you to write this down. A, it was a prepared place. A prepared place. And while you're writing, I want you to turn with me to Revelation chapter number 21. We're going to read a little bit about the capital city of heaven. Jerusalem is the capital city of of Israel. Uh, and it didn't take Donald Trump to have to say that. It already was. Israel, the, the, the country of Israel, is basically the capital of the world. That's where, that's where the, the, the Lord is going to come. He's going to reign. But how many of y'all know there's a capital city in heaven? And it's called New Jerusalem. Let's look at this place. Let's look at the Father's house. Uh, it says, the, the, the word Father, and you notes, the word Father is used 53 times In John 13 through 17, heaven is my father's house, the dwelling place of God. Now listen, according to the son of God, which is the Lord Jesus, it's home for God's children. I'm glad we have a home. Amen. Look what it says in, in, in Revelation 21. When you get there, say amen. I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Now, understand, I've heard a lot of people say that, that this city, the city of heaven, that this is, this is heaven. But this is not heaven. This is a city coming out of heaven. Heaven is infinite. This is the capital city of heaven. If that makes sense, say amen. Now, look what it says. Look what it says. He said, I saw it descending from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, behold, the tabernacle of God, the tabernacle. Tabernacle is dwelling place. Tabernacle is what houses. This is the tabernacle of God. It is with men and he will dwell with them and they shall be his people. And God himself shall be with them and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. Say amen. There shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any pain, for the former things are passed away. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things, what? New. I make all things new. I want you to look in verse 10. Skip down to verse 10. I got to hurry because I I, want to read it all, but just here we go. Verse 10. And he carried me away into the spirit with a, to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God having the glory of God and her light was likened to a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. The word jasper there in, in, our, in our, our terms, it would literally be a diamond. It's going to, be, it's going to look like, like a crystal clear diamond. Then it says this, and had a wall great and high and had 12 gates and at the gates 12 angels. And the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. On the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And in them were the names of the apostles of the Lamb. So you have represented in the, in the, in the gates, you have represented the, the Old Testament patriarchs. Then you have in the, in the, the walls, you find the, the apostles. So you have the Old Testament and the New Testament. All right. Now, look what it says. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and in them the name of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lies four square 
It's cubed, it's square. And the length is as large as the breadth. And he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. The length and the breadth of the height of it are equal. He measured the wall thereof in 144 cubits according to the measure of a man. And of the, excuse me, that is of the angel. And the building of the wall of it was as jasper. And the city was pure gold. And by the way, pure gold, most of you think you have pure gold, but it's not pure gold. Pure gold is almost transparent, translucent, if you will. Uh, It says, and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper. I'm not going to read all of them. You just read them at home. Verse 21, and the 12 gates were 12 pearls, not made of a bunch of pearls, one solid pearl. Each gate, one solid pearl. And the street of the city, did you see that? And the, and the. Singular, not streets, but street, the street of the city. In other words, there's one main highway, Hallelujah Boulevard. What do you mean? Anywhere you step on the street, it's going to lead you to the king. (laughs) Yeah, I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of earth shall uh, uh, do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into anything that defileth, neither whatsoever work of abomination or make of the light but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. Somebody say amen. Uh, The measurements, the measurements is basically 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide. Anywhere you go, 1,500 miles cubed, square. Uh, uh, A mathematician in Australia came up with this, that it is about 225 million square miles, which can hold about a billion people in the one city, the city of God the capital city of heaven, the home. Somebody say amen. Now watch this. Now watch this. Isn't it it appropriate? Isn't it appropriate that the creator of the world, Jesus Christ, you say, how do you know Jesus was the creator of the world? John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory. Somebody say amen. Now, isn't it appropriate that the creator of the world, Jesus Christ, was a carpenter? He's a builder. Say amen, Mark. Yes, sir, Mr. Nelson. Jesus was a carpenter. He was a builder. Guess what he's doing right now? Preparing you a place. He's prepared. He's building. Now, let me, let me, give, let me give you some understanding here. You got to understand, you got to understand the, the, the customs of that day, the wedding customs of that day and the culture of that day. This is, this is how this works. The, the, the church is referred to as the bride of Christ. We are likened to the bride of Christ. He is, he is the bridegroom. Are y'all with me? The bridegroom. He is the kinsman redeemer. And see the way this works in, in that day, in that culture, a groom would go looking for a prospective bride. And when he found the one he wanted, He would go meet with the father and they would discuss the dowry. They would discuss what was called the bride price. He would have to pay a price for the bride. Are y'all with me? All right. When the arrangement was made and the agreement was made, it was as if they were already engaged. They were betrothed. And now he goes back to the father's house. Did you catch that? He goes back to the father's house. Now, he doesn't go get uh, 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 five acres on the backside of the property somewhere. They didn't do that back then because most of the time they didn't have five acres. They would go to the father's house and build on to the father's house. It would be like an apartment built on. And as every kid came and every kid got married, they just built on and built on and built on so that eventually the father had a big house. Are y'all with me? And he had many dwelling places. Are y'all, y'all with me? 
He said, in my father's house are many mansions. In my father's house. And in my father's house, I go to prepare a place for you. Are y'all with me? So what's happening? The bridegroom has secured the bride by paying the bride price. And that was the blood of the lamb. You were not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold, but you were redeemed by the precious blood of the lamb. You, as the bride, have been bought and paid for. And now we are preparing for a wedding. And the bridegroom is at the father's house preparing a place for his bride. Let not your heart be troubled. There is a place that's waiting on you. And it is right now being prepared for you. You know, I've heard people say, you know, Bible translations, some say rooms, some say mansions. Well, it's not mansions, it says rooms. Let me ask you a question. If the architect and carpenter How many of y'all know carpenters have their own style? They have their own way. I can look, uh, Brother Mark does a lot of stuff around here and he, he, you know, he's done stuff for me a lot and, 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 man, he does a great job and he's got a style and he does, he just does things a certain way and and you just know it's got his, his fingerprints on it and, 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 and imagine the architect and the designer and the carpenter all wrapped in one who, who designed the Great Barrier Reef and, and who designed Mount Everest and, 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 and who designed the continents the way they are and who designed the mountain ranges and, 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 the, and the Appalachia and the, and the Smoky Mountains and the, and the Swiss Alps and the, and the creator and the carpenter to build all of that is prepared in your place. What would you call it? I'm going to stick with mansions. <clears throat> Are y'all with me? He's preparing you a place. See, he told him about a prepared place. Watch this, watch this. Write this down. He's prepared. He said, he said, I'm I'm not only preparing a place. He told him about a personal place. He he told him of of a prepared place. He told him about a personal place. What's that mean? When I was growing up, me and my brother shared everything. And we argued over most of it. Do I have a witness? But do you know what? I'm not going to have to share my place with nobody. He says, I'm preparing, I'm preparing you a place. It's not only a prepared place, it's a personal place. 1 Peter 1, 4 says, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away. Say it with me. Reserved in heaven for you. Say it again. Reserved in heaven for you. Don't you love going to those restaurants? Y'all might go to some tonight. I ain't. Mine's in North Carolina. Hey, man, I'm going to the Waffle House. Hey. But you go to them fancy restaurants, and there's people lined up all the way down the street, and you walk past all of them, and you get to the door, And you say, ma'am, I have got a. And to the chagrin of all those that you pass, you go right in. Because there's a spot that's got your. I'm going to prepare a place for Now, I've got an imagination. Y'all figured that out, right? I'm fairly confident I'm going to have waterfalls in my place. (laughs) Say, why? Because I like them. Do I have dripping falls everywhere with a coon dog right in the middle? Say, man. (laughs) A personal place. But not only that, not only that. He said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. I'm going to prepare a place for you. It's a prepared place, a personal place. It's been described 
as a kingdom. It's been described, described as an inheritance. It's been described as a country, Hebrews eleven sixteen. It's been described as a city, Hebrews eleven sixteen. It's been described most importantly, most importantly, as a home. In my father's house. House literally means home. Home. You see, he told them about a prepared place, a personal place, but a peaceful place. I know every home's not like this because we're living in a broken world. But home is supposed to be a peaceful place. Home is supposed to be, if nobody accepts you, home does. Someone said the definition of a home is the place that they have to take you in. <laughs> Amen. He told them about a peaceful place. This place is, is so cool because he said there will be no more pain, no more sorrow, no more hurting. He's going to wipe away every tear from the eyes. No, wait, listen. If he's going to wipe away every tear from the eyes, he's going to wipe away what causes those tears. Let not your heart be troubled. Heaven is going to fix it all. It's a prepared place. It's a personal place. It's a peaceful place. But it's also a permanent place. Write that down. <clears throat> a permanent place. Revelation 22. Revelation 22, 5. And there shall be no night there. And they need no candle, neither light of the sun. For the Lord God giveth them light. And they shall reign forever and ever. I don't, know, I don't know if you picked up on what we read there in Revelation 21. <clears throat> but it's transparent. The city is transparent. Twelve foundations. Twelve levels. Twelve gates around. Cubed, squared. The city that can hold a billion people. 225 million square miles of city. It's transparent because in the center is going to be our Savior. And it says we'll need no sun, we'll need no moon, we'll need no stars, we'll need none of these things because his glory is going to be the light thereof. Go back to the Old Testament and read. How many of y'all remember when, when, when Moses was up on the mountain and, and spending time with God getting the commandments and getting the, the law and he comes down from God, from being in the presence of God? What was going on with his face? Y'all remember? It was glowing. Why? He'd been in the, or the, starts with a G. He'd been in the, the glory. Listen, it's called, it's called the Shekinah glory. The Shekinah, that light that, that, that emanates from God. God is light. He's the invisible God, but he is light. When Jesus was being transfigured, do you know what transfigured means? When he was on the Mount of Transfiguration, Peter, James, and John was up there with him. They fell asleep. They wake up, and he's being transfigured. What's happening is the deity that was on the inside started showing on the outside. He was glowing. Because it, the, the, the glory that had been captured in his human vessel began to emanate on the outside. Who he truly was was showing. Some... Some Bible scholars believe that the Shekinah glory that was there in the tabernacle as the children of Israel was going through the wilderness could be seen for miles through the wilderness. Why do you think the queen of Sheba was blown away when she came to the temple when Solomon was there? It wasn't because he answered all her questions. She said, when I saw the way he went into, basically when he went into church, when he went into the temple to worship, when, the, when, he, when, when I saw all of that, it took my breath away, she says. Why? She'd been in temples before. She'd been in places of worship before. She'd been in false temples and false idols, but she ain't never been in a temple with a Shekinah in it. Never been in a temple with a glory cloud. And in that city, the capital of heaven, the glory of God is going to shine from one end of it to the other. And we're going to walk in it. 
He's preparing us a place. He's prepared place, personal place, peaceful place. What about this? A permanent place. Permanent place. I don't know about you. <clears throat> I'm not real fond of moving. <clears throat> Y'all with me? Y'all ever done that much? That is for the birds. Next time we move, I'm selling everything. Take everything. Children and all. Keep it everything. I'm moving. Just kidding, Brandy. Just kidding. You get to stay. And we think we have stuff. And you think stuff is permanent here. But don't pay your taxes. Think about it. Ain't nothing permanent. There's nothing, there's nothing that lasts. Our bodies are falling apart. Anything you have, you can yeah, buy that car with that new smell. It smells new till you pull it out the driveway. Y'all with me? Everything's falling apart. Everything's dying. Everything is corrupt. Everything is going away. But we're going to a place. And we have a place that's reserved for us. That the fire can't touch it. The moth can't harm it. It will truly be forever. Church, say amen. He told him about a place. Number two. <clears throat> he said, don't be troubled. Everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. Man, I'm, I'm going to prepare your place. I got to go. I got to go. I know, I know you don't want me to leave. I know you don't understand what's going on right now. But I got to go to prepare you a place. Then he says this. If I go and prepare you a place, I will come again. And receive you unto myself that where I am, there ye may be also. You see, he not only told them about a place, but number two, he told them about a promise. He gave them a promise. What did he promise, preacher? A, if you're taking notes, he promised to return. He promised to return. I love singing a song growing up. Troublesome times are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom we all hold dear, now is at stake. Humble your hearts to God, save us from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod, Christians awake. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom, trumpets will sound. Jesus is coming soon. Say it with me. Jesus is coming soon. Jesus is coming soon. He says, I will return. I have to go, but I shall return. He said, I shall return way before Douglas MacArthur did. He said, I've got to go. He said, but I'm coming back. I'm not leaving you behind. I'm not abandoning you. This is not the end. There is a future waiting on you. I will come again. When he left, matter of fact, there was some evidence and there was more proof of that, more proclamation of that. They walked with him to the Mount of Olives and, 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 and came out of Jerusalem, crossed over the brook Kidron, went up to the Mount of Olives. And while he was there with his disciples, the angels came, took a cloud. He stepped on a cloud and went on to glory. After he told them, listen, to go back and wait for the promise of the coming. And they were just standing there gazing up into heaven there in Acts chapter number one. And an angel said, why stand ye gazing into heaven? This same one that left, he's coming back the same way. Preacher, what are you saying? He's coming back. He's coming back. Do you realize all through the Old Testament, every chapter, every book in the Old Testament was pointing to the coming of a Messiah, was pointing to the coming of the Son of God. 
all of the things in the temple, all of the things in the tabernacle, all of the symbolism, everything that was there was symbolic of the picture of the coming of that sacrifice, the coming of the lamb, the perfect lamb, the lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. And all through the Old Testament, chapter after chapter, book after book, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Isaiah said, behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and ye shall call his name Emmanuel. And Isaiah also said, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. Somebody say amen. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Then all of a sudden, in the New Testament, there were some shepherds that were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And listen, he said, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Oh, you know what they said? He's here, he's here, he's here, he's here. The master's here. The Messiah is here. The Savior is here. John baptizing on the riverbank saw Jesus coming down the side. He said, that one I've been preaching about, that one I've been teaching about, that one I don't even, I'm not even worthy to latch his shoe. There he is. Behold, the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. And from Acts chapter number 8, or excuse me, Acts chapter number 1, all the way through Revelation, He's coming again, he's coming again, he's coming again, he's coming again. Let not your heart be troubled. Listen, I know it's getting bad. I know it looks bad out there, but don't let your heart be troubled. He's coming again. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to be with them in the clouds, and we shall ever be with the Lord Comfort one another with these words. Let's calm down. Let's calm down. It's Bible study. It's Bible study. We're supposed to be dignified. I'm going to tell you, this is what America needs. This is what America needs. America's frustrated. America is afraid. America, listen, they need to know he's coming again. They need to understand the devil is having a heyday right now, but his days are numbered. He is a defeated foe because my Savior, my King, my bridegroom is coming again. He's coming again. He's coming again. Say amen. Listen, he promised to return. He said, I'm coming again. I know what they're saying. I know they think you're a bunch of lunatics. You know what they're saying? They think, they're saying, you're weak-minded people. And according to Joy Behar, she said, we got a mental illness. Imagine, imagine Joy Behar saying someone's got a mental illness. I can't even say in this building what I want to say. I'm going to let Mr. Humphrey say it for me. Say amen right there. Because I know he's thinking it. I know. I know he's thinking it. Seriously. The Bible says the scoffers are going to come and they're going to say, where is the promise of his coming? Everything's been the way it's been for all these ages. But he says, God's not slack concerning his promise. <laughs> I got to hurry. Woo. Hey, man, I feel pretty good. Let not your heart be troubled. <clears throat> he promised to return. This is a good part right here. He promised to receive. He said, if I, <laughs> if I go, and he went. So that part's taken care of. But he said, if I go, and he went, if I go, I will come again and receive. I know what you're thinking. Because you're countries as I am. You, 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 you think that that word simply means to fetch. 
to go get. Are y'all with me? That's not what that word totally means. It, it means, it's really two meanings. It means to bring near. To bring near. That's good enough. That's good enough. Because knowing we're going to be near the Prince of Peace, I'm ready to step out of a troubled world and be near the Prince of Peace. But it not only means bring near, it means to associate oneself with. I love running into church people when I'm out of uniform. <laughs> Most of the time, if you see me, I either have overalls on, that's well ventilated. <clears throat> you figure that out. A T-shirt, an old ball cap or something. And, and if I'm in town, I don't usually go into town, but if I go into town, I'm there, and I always see y'all. But for some reason, if I don't have a suit on, you don't see me. And I have seen people in Walmart, and I was dirty, either messing with my dogs or doing something, and I said, Hey! And you would not believe the looks I get. And I can read their mind. Who is this creeper? And then when they focus in on what's under the brim of the hat, oh, it's the preacher. And I want to say, don't you preacher me now. Do you? <laughs> I remember one time, me and me and uh, brother Travis and, and and I think brother Jonathan McNeese, I think, uh, was with us, and we went to we went to Peachtree Road Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, with Preacher Brown. <clears throat> he would always take college college guys with him. We thought he thought we was cool, but we drove. Which was, okay, okay. When he got through preaching, we drove and he slept. So he knew what he was doing. Well, we get there and, and, and he's kind of like me. I get real nervous when I'm around somewhere new and I, 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 I get there right on time. If y'all know what I mean. And, and we get there and I'm thinking it's like 10 minutes early. And he says, we're here way too early. I'm like thinking, 10 minutes early, man? I mean, there's cars everywhere. And so we, we, we go right through the parking lot, went on down, and, and, and I'm telling you, I'm telling you, my hand on the Bible, we pulled into a Wendy's. And we all got Frosties. <clears throat> I, I'm, I, I'm trying to figure out what this is all about. And so we finally get up, and it's right on time when we get in the van and we go, and we, we step in that back door, and this auditorium is huge, and there's people everywhere. I'm talking about wall-to-wall humanity. No seats nowhere. And he's standing there, and I think Travis has got his coat, and I got his Bible. And he's walking, and, and everybody comes, and he's standing in front of us. And all the important people come, hey! Dr. Brown, Dr. Brown, da, 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 da. I know what it is. They're relieved he's actually there. Because yeah. they probably thought somebody else was going to have to preach that night because he ain't showing up. And, and, and this is what he said. I'll never forget it. He said, he said, my people need some chairs. My people need some chairs. Right away, Dr. Brown. Right away, Dr. Brown. Right up here. And he, they brought chairs. I almost put them on the platform. And he starts walking. I look at Travis. Travis looks at me. That's right. (laughs) 
We're with him. <clears throat> What's that mean? I don't know about some of y'all, because y'all, there may be some people that's important in here, but most of you just like your preacher. Brother Craig said something to me last night. It's really cool. He said, Mouth, you know why I love you? He said, all that the Lord has done and is doing for you, you're just the same. Because we're sitting there talking about coon dogs and being in the woods and my dog's better than his. And he's laughing. He said, you ain't no different. You're just a hick redneck. That's why I love you. (laughs) And most everybody in here, you're like me. We're just simple. There's really nothing much to us. You know, it's just you, I mean, we're just common folks. And there's, there's a lot of people. I, I heard this. I heard this. Someone invited somebody to church here. And they said, well, where do you go to church? Uh, we, go, we go to Temple Baptist. Oh. <laughs> Real prim and proper. Oh. That's that church where that preacher does not talk properly. I reckon. <clears throat> Do you know Paul said reckon? I got Bible. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot be compared with the glory. Paul was a redneck. Say amen. These people won't go to church here because we're below them. It's even been said that we have riffraff to go here. If they only knew. If they only knew what we let come up in this building right here. There's some people that won't associate with us. Wouldn't give us a time of day. We couldn't even afford to park in the parking lot of the restaurants they go to. But do you understand and do you realize that there is coming a day that a trumpet's going to sound and the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the God of all glory who spoke this whole universe into existence is going to step out on a cloud and come to this earth and gather his children home and this is what he's going to say. Hey, there with me. He's going to receive us and we're going to walk into heaven saying, hey, we're with him. Let not your heart be troubled. We're with him. <clears throat> oh, man. See, y'all let me get carried away with these things, and we miss time. All right, write this one down. <clears throat> he's coming. He's coming. What I say? He promised to return. Uh, no, B, he promised to receive. But then he promised to reward. <clears throat> hey, it's all going to be worth it, guys. I know we cry. And we're frustrated and things happen and we get upset and, and wonder. But one day it's going to be worth it. There's not a whole lot of New Testament people that suffered like the Apostle Paul. The shipwrecks he went through, the beatings he went through, beaten with rods and, and stoned and left for dead and the shipwrecks and all of the things that he went through. And he still said, well, I reckon that the sufferings of this present time cannot even be compared with what it's going to be when we get there. Amen. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father and with his angels, and then he shall, come on everybody, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. He's promised to return, to receive, and to reward. Number three, lastly, let's hurry up. We got to hurry. This may be the most important part. He encouraged them by telling them of a place. He encouraged them by telling them of a promise. He encouraged them by telling them of a plan. A plan. How many of y'all know God's got a plan? I used to love to watch that show to 18. I mean the real one. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And old Hannibal at the end of every show. He'd say, I love it when a plan comes together. Now, if you remember the show, 
most of the plans didn't look like they was coming together. But when it was all said and done, it came together. You know, there might be some things in your life right now that don't look like it's coming together. But I promise you this, his plan, it will come together. Say, what is his plan? Look in verse number, look in verse number five. Thomas is shook up. He saith unto him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We know not whether thou goest, and how can, how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, most important, most important words in the Bible. If you miss this, you've missed everything. What's those first two words? I am. I am. How many of y'all remember several, several weeks ago, we studied the I am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I am the and the and the no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Let me give you three things. Three things. Three minutes and three things. <clears throat> he gave him a specific plan. A specific plan. He didn't give him plans. A plan. How many of them, Andrew? That's right. One. I am. Jesus is the I am. Right? I am, what's that next word? The. The. The only one. I am the way. He's saying, how do we know the way to heaven? He said, I am the way. way. Don't no, not the, the, the. The. Say it with me. The. I am the way. That's it. The way. I know I'm not talking properly, but it is what it is. All right? You get the point. I've heard people say, the university of whatever. And what they're saying is, there is no other. This is the only one that's important. This is the only one. And you know what Jesus is saying? I'm the only one that'll work. I don't care what Oprah said. I know Oprah said there's many ways into heaven. Just pick out the one that fits you most. Well, you pick out whatever you want, but the Bible says there's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end leads to death. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. Y'all with me? Watch what Peter said. Watch what Peter said. Well, G, listen, John said this in John 3, 33, or 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Watch this. He that believeth not the Son shall not see, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Look what, look what Peter said in Acts 4, 12. They were interviewing them. He said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. See, they were preaching in Jesus' name, and they didn't like it. He said, we have to preach in Jesus' name because there's no other name. Y'all with me? 1 Timothy 2, 5. What does it say? Everybody says, oh, we can get to God this way. We can get to God that way. What does, Timothy, what does Paul tell Timothy? For there is one God and one mediator. Say it with me. One mediator between God and men. The man, what? Jesus is the mediator. The mediator is a go-between. A mediator is a reconciler. You see, when we were lost in our sin, we were enemies to God. We were outside. We were foreigners outside of the community and the citizenship of heaven. And we were enemies to God. But Jesus Christ came and paid the price for our sin. And now he can stand in between a holy God and a sinful people. And he can bring a sinful people by his righteousness to a holy God. And the only way to God is through the sun. It's a specific way. And, and, and B, it's a sure way. A sure way. He said, I am the way, the truth. You know what he's saying? I ain't lying. You can take it to the bank. Watch what it says. Watch what it says, Titus 1, 2. In the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie, promised before the world began. 
He's a truth. This plan is a specific plan. It's a sure play or sure way, a sure plan. But then see, it's a saving plan. He said, I'm a, the specific plan, the way, a sure way, a sure plan, the truth, the life, a saving plan. John 10, 27, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I will give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. Read this last verse with me before we close. Romans 10, 13, say the address. They, they, they watching on the internet. Watch this right here. Say the address real loud. Romans 10, 13. What does America need to hear? Romans 10, 13. What do our congressmen need to hear? Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 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 Let not your heart be troubled. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for the time we had. It went by fast. 